This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician, and she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and postpartisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I fix problems, I don't make them. And in the United States, we have a problem with guns. It's both a fascination and a vexation. Eight people died in Atlanta last week when a deranged young man turned his newly purchased gun on them. This past Monday, 10 people were massacred in Boulder, Colorado, in a supermarket and its adjacent parking lot when a deranged young man turned a semi-automatic weapon on them. That's the fourth such incident in Colorado since Columbine in 1999. Whatever the eventual differences in the two incidents are uncovered through investigation and the eventual trial of these two perpetrators, there are some very predictable, clear commonalities. Both of these perpetrators are 21 years old. Both have histories of anger management and other antisocial behavior. Both have families who are aware of these tendencies and yet did nothing when they saw this person buy a gun. Both lived in states with easy access to high capacity weapons and ammunition. And both murdered random strangers who were just going about their daily lives and presented no danger to the shooter. I'm touched by the tragic loss of life, of the pain of families and friends who will never be able to fully heal from these tragedies. And I'm sure most of you listening to this podcast share that sense of tragic loss, that sadness. How many of you also have teenagers or young adults with part-time jobs who work in grocery stores, restaurants, or retail establishments? You worry about their safety when they drive. You've warned them about speed, alcohol, and distracted driving. But now it's not enough to worry about their safety from gun violence at school. Now you'll be haunted by the fear they could be killed along with their adult coworkers while serving the public at their part-time jobs. Jobs largely intended to teach them about reliability and responsibility. If you have a loved one in law enforcement, you live with this fear 
every day. I know, I've been there. But as much as I'm struck by the tragedy, I'm even more angry. Yes, angry. Angry at the feckless politicians who own this tragedy and every other mass shooting in the United States of America going back at least to the Clinton administration. Your thoughts and prayers mean nothing. Save your insincerity for someone who's gullible enough to listen to you because your actions belie your words. If you gave these repeated tragedies from Columbine, Aurora, Orlando, Parkland, Sandy Hook, Virginia Tech, Las Vegas, Tucson, where your own colleague Gabby Gifford was shot and almost killed, or Arlington, Virginia, where current GOP House Whip Steve Scalise and several other members of Congress were attacked and injured by a deranged individual with an AR-15. And dozens, dozens and dozens of incidents more like that. If you gave a flying rip, you'd do something, anything to stop this senseless killing. Saving lies is not a denial or an abridgment of anyone's Second Amendment rights. How does the Second Amendment supersede the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness enshrined in the Declaration of Independence? Even arch-conservative, the late Supreme Court Justice Anthony Scalia wrote in the Heller decision, the Second Amendment does not preclude government from imposing reasonable restrictions on personal gun ownership for the good of the greater society. In the name of the greater good, I am not above appealing to the self-protective instincts of every member of Congress. Because who says the next high-profile victim of gun violence will not be one of you? I applaud the seven Republicans who voted for the new background check legislation that passed the House of Representatives earlier this month. Among them, Adam Kinzinger, a Republican from Illinois, who tweeted, the vast majority of Americans believe in universal background checks. As a gun owner myself, I firmly support the Second Amendment but I also believe we have to be willing to make some changes for the greater good. Among the other Republicans who supported the 2021 uh, background gun background legislation was former FBI agent Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Maria Salazar and Carlos Jimenez of Florida. Both of them represent uh, districts adjacent to Parkland. Frank. Fred Opton, a longtime Michigan Republican, and also Andrew Garamino of New York and Chris Smith of New Jersey. Both New York and New Jersey are definitely not strangers to gun violence. Unlike the Twitter feed of Miss Guns Are Good herself, Lauren Boebert of Colorado restaurant fame, this legislation does not create a federal register of guns or gun owners. 
The legislation requires every gun purchaser or recipient of a gun as a gift to pass a basic FBI background check. The background check is already required for any purchase from a licensed gun dealer, whether it's on premises or off premises. What changes under the new legislation is that the gun dealer must keep a record of the sale and the authorizing background check. They don't need to share this information with anyone unless a later event should make a law enforcement review of the background check necessary. Then the record could be subpoenaed, but not the total store owner's register. The background check would be extended in this legislation to private gun sales. The background check would not apply if a backgrounded spouse made a gift of a gun to their spouse, which makes sense because if you thought that spouse was a danger to you, you wouldn't give them a gun. While 98% of gun background checks take less than a day, the legislation would extend the 10-day limit on secondary FBI screening should a red flag show up in the initial background check. The history of aggressive behavior documented in Colorado courts might have prevented the Boulder massacre had this legislation been in place. And the same is true of the Parkland massacre. These very minor, minor little modifications to the existing background check system would have no impact on an ordinary citizen's right to buy a gun for self-defense as you always claim or for hunting, as some of you enjoy. While I would applaud the gridlocked Senate passing even this paltry piece of legislation, more needs to be done. Oh, I can hear you out there. I'm not some weak-kneed liberal. Every man in my family owns a gun, at least one gun. And all of them are trained in the proper use of a firearm and the proper and secure storage of all of their weapons. In fact, I've thought about gun ownership myself. I've heard all the bromides about if the good guys don't have, don't have guns, only criminals will have guns, which is just BS. Even as the El Paso shooting proved, even in an open carry state. Nobody, that Texas is an open carry state. Did anybody try to stop that shooter with their pistol that they were openly carrying? No, because it would expose them to danger. Smart decision on somebody who hit under a table instead of shooting. There is nothing in this legislation that would change my ability to purchase a gun if I decided that that was a wise thing to do. And if you wanna look at my writings on this subject, I'm super frustrated. Going all the way back to Sandy Hook, then go to reimagineamerica.org and do a search on gun control. And you'll, you know what you'll find out there? That not only do I come, yeah, I come from a family of gun owners. I can tell you the difference between an automatic and a semi-automatic and a manual weapon. Several studies in the years during and after the assault weapons ban was legislated during the Clinton years as a reaction to Columbine 
And after the ban was allowed to expire by George W. Bush in 2004, uh, there have been a number of studies conducted to determine its effectiveness. Studies conducted by the Department of Justice, the Brennan Center, Harvard, and a myriad of other academic and policy institutions. And they've all concluded that the assault weapons ban had too many loopholes in it to be effective. But what these several studies have also concluded, rolling forward from 2004 in five-year increments, is that magazine size does have, does have, does have a determinative effect on the lethality of these attacks. GOP senators and Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, I'm not going to ask you to consider, even for a moment, another assault weapons ban. That horse is just way, way too far out the barn door. And it would be ineffective as attempted. But if Las Vegas proved anything, it proved that magazine size is a cop's friend and an assailant's enemy. The smaller the magazine, the fewer people are injured or killed before the shooter has to reload. And while he or she is reloading, law enforcement has valuable seconds in which to bring the incident to an end without further carnage. A law that reduces magazine size nationally, in other words, across all state lines, might have saved lives at the Gilroy Garlic Festival in 2019. And last, one of the things that law enforcement and criminologists have told us over the years is that the perpetrators of these crimes crave the fame and notoriety that comes with committing their crimes. Since the press is unable to have the moral integrity to police itself when there's the possibility of a click or a paper selling headline or a super scoop, exclusive. Well, if they can't police themselves, let's make it illegal to comment or investigate the perpetrator himself or herself of these terrible crimes beyond what the police tell us initially, the name and the age. There should be no family interviews, no family statements reported, no criminal court appearances reported about, no pictures of the, of the perpetrators in the newspapers, on Twitter, on Instagram, anywhere. These criminals should know that they will not only be imprisoned, they will be nameless, faceless, powerless debris in the Dust Bowl of history. How any Republican member of the United States Senate could think that any of these measures would not be supported by their voters or that they would be unable to defend such a vote in a town hall with their constituents? Well, if that's how weak they are, they just shouldn't be in the United States Senate. If you agree with me, I urge you to call your senator's office. 
and tell them that you are part of the 95% of Americans and 80% of NRA members who support reasonable gun control legislation. Yours could be the life you save. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>